Well, there's a saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you know, you might have something and it's pretty good and so don't fiddle with it because you'll probably ruin it. I don't know whether you've ever had the, uh, the sorry experience of um, having a haircut and your haircut's basically done uh, and, you know, it looks great. But the hairdresser says, well, I just might take a little bit extra off the top. And so they take a little bit extra off the top and then they go, oh. And so now they've got to take a little bit off the back and, and a little bit more off the side and a little bit more off the... And before you know it, you've got a whole new haircut and a whole new head and it's just a disaster. Uh, during the week, I was laying some stones in the, in the lawn, some stepping stones. And uh, I'm not very practical, but I was actually pretty pleased with uh, the, some of the things I'd done. They're, they're reasonably flat. But, you know, there's a slight little wobble in them. And so I thought, no, no, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to get it completely and perfectly flat. So I pull up the paver. Uh, I start fiddling with it and I put it back down. And what do you know? It rocks like a rocking chair. Yeah, it's, it's just, I should have just left it. I should have just left it because it wasn't broke. And so I shouldn't have fixed it. That really uh, is, in a nutshell, the book of Galatians. The theme of the book of Galatians is the gospel ain't broke, so don't fix it. Don't try and change it. Don't try and add to it. Don't try and improve it. Uh, the gospel of Jesus, it's perfect. It's complete. It needs no adjustment. It needs no addition. Galatians is all about the dangers of deserting or changing the gospel of Jesus. Now, as we go through the letter... In the, next, in the next few weeks, we're going to do half of it in the next four weeks and then the other half in our term four. As we go through the Galatians, Paul gives lots and lots of reasons why we wouldn't desert or change the gospel. And the first one that we're looking at this morning is the reason why we don't desert it is because the gospel's from God himself. It's not a man-made idea. It's from God himself. And so we don't fiddle with it. We don't abandon it. This gospel, it's from God. And also, because this gospel is from God, uh, if you jump on board with him in it, you can have great confidence. Because the gospel, since it comes from God, you know it works. Because it's God's gospel. And that gives us great confidence. So let's hook into uh, the letter of Galatians. And uh, Paul starts off uh, by rattling off some of his credentials uh, which is a little bit um, strange for Paul, not incredibly, but a little bit strange, but it's very important for the letter of Galatians. So let's have a look uh, from uh, verse 1 of chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Paul uh, designates himself right from the start as an apostle. That's not strange because uh, everyone knows he's an apostle. Apostle just means sent one. In other words, you've been sent. And what Paul does do a little bit differently here is he makes it very, very clear who sent him. So he says, sent not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. He has been sent by God. And that's going to become very important a little bit later on. God has not just sent him, he hasn't uh, just sent him, he's given him a message to be sent with. He hasn't sent him empty-handed. Uh, Paul has been given a message, a gospel, an announcement. And the first thing that he does is he spells out this gospel in brief, uh, in verse 3. The gospel is all about Jesus giving himself up to rescue. Have a look at verse 3. 
This is Paul's gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. This is the gospel that ain't broke. This is the gospel that we can't fiddle with or change and the gospel we dare not abandon. It's simply this, that Christ gave himself for our sin to rescue us from the present evil age. When Paul talks about the present evil age, he's just talking about this life and this world that's characterised by sin and death and is headed for the judgement of God. And you and I are a part of it. Uh, We all sin. We're all going to die, and left to ourselves, we're all headed for the judgment of God. But here's the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ, by his death for us, rescues us out of sin and death and judgment. That's it. That's the gospel. And right out of the holster, Paul fires off a severe warning shot. He says, don't mess with it. Don't mess with this gospel. Don't turn away from it. Don't tinker or fiddle with it. Don't try and improve it. It ain't broke. Don't try and fix it. Have a look at verse 6. I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. They're possibly some of the harshest, strongest words that you'll read from the Apostle Paul in the Scriptures. He is absolutely shocked and horrified that the Galatians are deserting God and turning to a different gospel, which is really, as he says, no gospel at all. Some people have come in and they've told them this different gospel and the Galatians have fallen for it so quickly. The different gospel that's floating around at the time of the Galatians, it was a gospel of adding on to Jesus. So people were walking around saying, yes, you need Jesus, of course you need Jesus, but you also need... And the also for them at the time was the Old Testament law. Yes, you need to trust in Jesus, but you also need to keep the Old Testament law if you want to be accepted by God. Now, we're going to see much more of this in in a few weeks. But Paul, right from the start, condemns these imposters. But if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. It's the idea of uh, delivering... Uh, someone up and devoting them to the wrath of God. It's a very serious thing to tinker or to change or to distort or to pervert the gospel of Jesus. On the 24th of June uh, this year, just about a month ago, uh, one of Monet's lily paintings, uh, I've actually got a picture for you. Hey, there we go. Um, this, um, uh, one of Monet's lily paintings, it sold for almost 41 million pounds. Over $80 million is what it was sold for uh, last month. I want you to imagine being there just as Monet finished it. 
and that some pretender walks into the room and offers him some advice. In fact, he pushes Monet to the side and says that he needs to fix this painting up so he can make it a little bit better. Now, at least two things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen in that situation, Monet is going to get offended. As if some Charlie like me could come in and improve one of Monet's paintings. The second thing that's going to happen is the painting's going to get ruined. Now, the same two things happen when you fiddle with the gospel. One, God is going to get offended. If you tinker with his gospel, what you're saying is that Christ giving up his life, it's not good enough. It's not good enough and we need to touch it up. We need to fix it up. That's a huge slap in the face of God. And two, if you change the gospel, you ruin the gospel, which means that you and anyone else you convince won't be rescued because the gospel, the true gospel, rescues people from sin and death and judgment. You change the gospel, you lose the rescue. And so the honour of God's name and the eternal salvation of people, that's what's at stake when we're dealing with the gospel of Jesus. Clearly, it is not something we can tamper with or tinker with or fiddle with. Now, there's a few things that flow out of this, aren't there? Because it could be that you actually hold to a different gospel. That right here this morning, uh, you actually might hold to a different gospel other than Jesus and him alone can save. And it might be that you've actually held on to it for a long time. Maybe in your heart of hearts, you know, you've been hearing about Jesus, but in your heart of hearts you still think, I've just got to be good enough. I've just got to be, I, I, my good things have got to outweigh my bad and then God will be happy with me. I, I trust in Jesus, but I've, just, I've got to be good enough. And that may, you may have even heard that in your years of going to church. And so you may have been holding on to that gospel for a long time. And it's hard to give up on things that you've held for a long time. But in this case, you've got to. You've got to. There's one gospel, one true gospel that rescues people from sin and death and judgment. And that is Christ Jesus alone, giving himself up for our sins to rescue us. It's him and him alone. We can't add to him, we can't take away. Or it might be that uh, at times you're tempted to soften the gospel. Uh, there might be things about God's gospel that you don't like. Uh, for example, the fact that Paul can speak of eternal condemnation, that hell is a reality. Uh, as Bali was pointing out to us before, m- maybe the idea that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and that he actually excludes all competitors and says right out from the outset, all other religions are wrong, it's me or nobody. Uh, Maybe that rubs you up the wrong way about God's gospel. But we need to remember we are not at liberty to change the gospel. We're not at liberty to fiddle with the gospel. When we share the gospel with our friends and our families and our neighbours, we need to make sure that it's actually the gospel that we're sharing. We can't soften it. We can't make it a bit fuzzy. We just have to tell it as it is because it's God's gospel. And so as his people, we dare not desert it. It may rattle your cage. There may be things about it you don't like, but we dare not desert it because it's only in the gospel that we can enjoy God's rescue 
In fact, if you ever hear a false gospel declared and it's being declared as if it is the true gospel, you've got to oppose it. If you ever hear a false gospel being preached here at church, you've got to take your stand and say that it's wrong. Because if someone's preaching a false gospel and making it as if it is the true gospel, Paul would say, let them be eternally condemned. Now, why is he so strong? Why does he use such strong language to condemn those who would fiddle with it? Well, it's because this gospel comes from God himself. That's the point that Paul now goes on to make for the rest of chapter 1 and almost all of chapter 2. This gospel is not something that man made up. It's not something that Paul was even taught by any man, not even another apostle. It was given to him directly and personally from God himself. So have a look at verse 11 and 12. It's really a beautiful, brilliant summary of really almost to the end of chapter 2. Chapter 1, verse 11. Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul wants everyone to know his gospel is the true gospel. He got it from Jesus himself, not made up by any man, not given to him by any man, not taught it by any man. He received it directly and personally from Christ Jesus himself. If you can recall in the book of Acts, it's the Damascus Road as Paul's making his way to Damascus to persecute the church. Jesus himself, the risen Lord Jesus, meets him on the road, tells him to stop and tells him to start putting his trust in him and to preach Jesus' gospel. And so that's exactly what Paul did. He just went straight into Arabia and preached the gospel. He didn't have to go and check with any man to see if his gospel was right. He didn't have to go and um, ask uh, any other apostles uh, if it was right. There are other apostles around, Peter, James, John. He didn't have to go and ask them, no. He'd got it straight from Christ. And so he just went out and started preaching the gospel. That's why he can't tinker with it. Because it's not a man-made gospel. It's God's gospel. Now, 14 years after Paul received the gospel, he did go into Jerusalem, 14 or 17 years. Uh, He did go into Jerusalem uh, and to meet with the other apostles. But he didn't go to check if his gospel was right. He already knew that. He got it from Jesus. He went to Jerusalem to squash a false gospel. Uh, the, in the false gospel that was going around is the one I mentioned earlier, that yes, you need Jesus, but you also need to keep the Old Testament law. There were some who wanted to add the law to, to Jesus, and there's this big meeting in Jerusalem to sort it out. Paul went to that meeting to make sure that the false gospel got squashed. Now, in the process, he met with Peter, James, and John, uh, because they were at the meeting as well, and when they met, they all agreed that they all have the same gospel. Not surprising, really. They all got it from the same person. Jesus. So have a look. Chapter 2 and verse 6. Chapter 2 and verse 6. As for those who seem to be important, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearance. Those men added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Peter and John, those reputed to be pillars, 
gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. Peter, James, John, Paul, Barnabas, all have exactly the same gospel, same message. Different people to tell it to. Peter's going to the Jews, Paul's going to the Gentiles, but it's the same message. It's the same gospel. The big point of all this is Paul's trying to say, my gospel is God's gospel. I got it from God himself. And that's why he can't tinker with it, guys. That's why he can't fiddle with it. That's why when it comes to the gospel, you've got to submit to it. You've actually got to be humble before it. The gospel pushes us around. We can't push it around. We can't change it or move it. It changes us. When it comes to God, we have to think, we have to come to him on his terms. Now, I thought about this a little bit earlier, but there's also, there's another side to this truth that we're seeing in Galatians, that the gospel comes from God. It's not just the hard edge of this gospel's true and you can't fiddle with it. There's also something very comforting about it. The very comforting thing that the gospel comes from God is, that means the gospel's going to work. Because it's God's gospel. It comes from him. It's not some man-made system. It's not wishful thinking. It's God's gospel. And so we can have great confidence in the gospel because we know where it's come from. Uh, You can have confidence in the quality of Royal Dalton crockery because it comes from that famous company. You can have confidence in the freshness of the fruit that you buy from the farmer's markets because it's come from the local area. You can have confidence in the taste of the chocolate because it's come from the Lint chocolate factory. You can have confidence in the story that you hear because you heard it from someone you trust. There's lots of things, aren't there, that we have confidence in because we know where they've come from. Well, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has come from God. And that gives us confidence. And so if you want to be rescued from sin and death and judgment, then you've got to know this gospel. You have to know this gospel. Christ Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us. You've got to know that gospel. And you've got to know it so well that you know when someone's telling you a half-truth gospel or a slightly altered... We've got to know it so well that we won't be fooled by anyone coming and preaching a different gospel. Because through this gospel, God does rescue. Also knowing that the gospel comes from God gives us confidence, even in the face of death. Because Christ gave himself to rescue us from death. And this gospel's from God. And look, as death's shadow looms larger it it might throw doubts into your head it might make you feel uneasy but even in the face of death we can have confidence because the gospel that we have of jesus christ it's from god himself and his gospel is that in christ giving himself up for us we are rescued from sin and death and judgment and so that gives us confidence as we share the gospel with our friends and our family and our our neighbours, our people at work, this gospel, it does rescue people because it's God's gospel. Who knows what eternal glories you could be involved in as you talk about Jesus with your neighbour over the fence. 
Now it could be that uh, here this morning you're finding yourself, if you're honest with yourself, a little bit lukewarm to this gospel. That you've sort of been hanging on the fringes of Jesus, maybe even hanging on the fringes of church. What we need to realise is that what we're dealing with is not just any old gospel, but God's gospel. And so it's worth throwing your lot in with this because it works. The gospel is worth giving your all for because it's from God. It rescues people. It's God's message to save people. It's worth getting on board with. We need to stoke up the fires of our soul and live. Live just a little for this gospel. You'll find yourself in the middle of the biggest thing going on on this planet. This gospel, this message of the Lord Jesus, this announcement is from God himself. Why would you be half-baked in your commitment to it? We can commit our lives to the gospel in confidence because this gospel is from God. And so we don't abandon the gospel We embrace it. We don't distance ourselves from the gospel. We devote ourselves to it. We don't tinker with it. We toil for it. And anyway, with a gospel this good, why would you want to distance yourself or desert it? Why would you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you've not left us in the dark that you have a gospel, you have the gospel that Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. Father, thank you. And we pray that our confidence would always be in you because of this great gospel that you have given to us. May we always believe it with all of our heart and soul and strength and mind. May we devote ourselves to you through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Help us not to distance ourselves from your gospel, but to devote ourselves to your Son, our Saviour, the Lord Jesus. Amen.